Hi, this is Heidi. Episode 24, Self-Compassion. Life isn't a spectator sport. The greatest rewards come to those who show up every single day with a pocket full of courage, grit, and a little sparkle. Well, hello, friends and family. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. January has flown by, and I went on an amazing trip to celebrate my dear friend Anne's 40th birthday. I'm going to spare you the details of the incredibly amazing retreat and celebration. Let's just say we were in a luxury villa in Mexico with 22 women total. We are now all total BFFs. The excuse really was to celebrate Anne, but it really turned into a huge celebration of women supporting women. Anne is an example of someone who can make everyone around her feel incredible, and she makes everyone want to be better. She can bring out the strengths in others, and that gives them permission to shine. So it was four days of lots of shining and relaxing and all of us leaving with a new sense of friendship and more wind in our sails to live our best lives in whatever corner of the world we shine in now. And on that trip, I got to spend five days with my dear friend, Linda, who is one of my original podcast fans. And I love you, Linda. Now, I recommend any celebration of anyone to you. Celebrate the big or the small. And thank you to so many of you who reach out to me in person or social media or text me to tell me that this podcast is helping you and has touched you. Please share it with family and friends who could use the messages and who honestly can't use some words of encouragement to look forward, not backward. So we are at the beginning of February, a month with Valentine's Day, my wedding anniversary. So it's a month of love. We see pink and red everywhere. We see I love you splashed everywhere, which is awesome. I love celebrating all things about love. But y'all, our capacity to love other people is only as large as our capacity to love ourselves. When we feel negative and bad about ourselves, we judge others. We're super critical of others. We only see faults completely reflecting the judgment and negativity swirling around our heads about ourselves. Recently, a dear friend of mine told me how when she was growing up, her mom would sit in church and say the meanest and most judgmental things about other people. And I shared with my friend, this was a complete reflection that her mom hated herself. That outward judgment was probably only a fraction of the self-hate that she had inside. And we all struggle with negative self-talk. Many times we are inwardly reflecting criticism or judgment that we were raised hearing from well-meaning parents or teachers. Other times this negative self-talk, it's just how we've learned to either handle rejection, perceived or real, in life. And often we aren't taught the difference between being arrogant or prideful and being able to talk positively to ourselves. Arrogance and pride are needing to put someone else down so that we can feel better about ourselves. 
self-compassion and mindfulness rather are seeing ourselves exactly as we are, the good and the bad, knowing our full worth, value, and lovability. And self-compassion and mindfulness also, and this is key, you guys, is us being able to compare our human experience to that of another person. Kristen Neff, the leading academic on self-compassion at the University of Texas, Austin, calls this identifying our common humanity. That's when we can tap into an awareness of all of that, these aspects that we're able to self-soothe, build up resiliency, get a better picture of ourselves in reality, and really love ourselves. So today's episode is a special one to me. The threads of this have been woven into other episodes, and they're so fundamental in every workshop and class that I teach. The idea of self-compassion is one that many people don't know how to access or even understand why it's so important. And many don't realize that this is something that only we can do for ourselves. So I'm going to teach you a little bit more about self-compassion, what it is, why it's so important, and then several exercises on how to practice this compassion, kindness, and love to yourself. Remember, the more we do this, the more we can find the good in others and love others. And that is love that we feel. So remember, our primitive brains are always looking out for danger and ways to protect us, which means we scan for the negative. And luckily, we're all humans with a prefrontal cortex that can step in and manage these negative thoughts. We get to examine if what we're thinking is true or not, and we can change these thoughts when we become aware that they're optional and not always true, or at least not always helpful. So self-compassion is a mental state of being able to look at our life, our strengths, our challenges, and put it in perspective. We can see ourselves in the greater sense of the human experience. And knowing that we want to grow and become better versions of ourselves, we can talk to ourselves with thoughts that take into consideration all of these factors. As I mentioned earlier, self-compassion is not arrogance or cockiness or being stuck up. These qualities are all actually rooted in thinking less of ourselves and needing to try to elevate ourselves just to feel good. Self-compassion actually isn't comparing and ranking. Self-compassion is seeing reality and realizing that we're all more alike than different. The entire human DNA is 99.99% the same. Often we talk really bad to ourselves, but would never talk that way to a friend or a child or a loved one. Now, why is that? Is it because the thoughts are just in our head and no one can hear them? Or possibly we have more love for others. We can see a best friend's good and bad and love them with it all. So when they call us, just having been passed up for a promotion or a new job, we speak to them with perspective and empathy and compassion, seeing the whole picture. But in our minds, we don't do this instinctually. It can be learned and you'll get there. But our default is to think that we're the only ones who were ever passed up for a promotion or the only ones who didn't get into the college of our choice. We somehow make these life experiences mean that we're worthless or we're bad instead of seeing them as just a small piece of a bigger picture. 
Could you imagine if your best friend called very sad that she didn't get a promotion and you said, oh, you'll never get that promotion. It's because you didn't work hard enough. You aren't worthy. In fact, you'll never get it. Of course not. You'd never do that. I'd never do that. But hello, we do it to ourselves. Sometimes for no other reason than someone hasn't told us to stop it, that it isn't nice and it isn't helpful. No one ever improves from a place of shame. Shame wants us to hide, to stay silent, to keep secrets since we're all alone. But self-compassion reminds us that we're human. We're perfectly imperfect. We're all works in progress and we're right where we should be. A big component of self-compassion is becoming aware and acknowledging reality, acknowledging the good, the bad, admitting our weaknesses, our human flaws, not seeing them as evidence that we're worth less, but rather seeing our flaws as evidence that we are humans, that we're unique, and see them as ways to actually connect with other people. And this involves in our mind removing the drama, the big emotion, blaming others, It requires us to see ourselves exactly as we are. Okay, I have big calves. I call them my linebacker calves, whatever. I've inherited them, and I'm actually so glad that I have legs that function well. I have had to return wide calf boots because I couldn't zip them up. Now, for a long time, I'd keep trying on regular boots, crossing my fingers, they'd fit and look darling like other people. They rarely did. I would think terrible thoughts about this one totally inconsequential part of my body. But once I just saw my calves for what they are, no drama, I could accept them, order whatever size I needed, not make it mean anything good or bad about me. Just see them as a small part of a bigger body that works exactly as it should right now. In fact, accepting this has allowed me to find the good in my strong legs Accepting led me from self-loathing to acceptance to self-compassion. Okay, that's a simple example, but I challenge you to do that for any part of your body that you find yourself feeling negative about. Accept reality. Remove the drama, the heavy emotion you put on it. Say it out loud, whatever it is. Now, maybe you overspent last year and now you have maybe $10,000 in credit card debt. Look at the credit card statement. Write the number. Say it out loud. Accept responsibility. Become aware of why you spent the money. No emotion, no judgment, no drama, just awareness. Now, right now in my parenting teen years, I readily try to be aware of where I'm struggling, where I feel weak and where I feel strong. I'm working on being more consistent on some rules in the home. I wasn't always good on follow through. Just me being mindful of my lack of follow-through brings my mind back to the present, allows me to love myself where I am, not create drama or negativity with my kids, and I can, with perspective and intention, make goals for how I want to be better at follow-through. And I don't tell myself, oh, I'm awful at this and every other parent is so good at following their family rules, they're better moms than me. That is an easy default thought, but first, it isn't true, and second, it isn't helpful, and it doesn't help me improve. I find one of the ways to find out where I'm not accepting reality is when, in my thoughts, I hear myself saying, oh, I should have done this, or this should be this way. 
that word should is a good sign that we're not accepting reality. So the third element of self-compassion is seeing our weaknesses as a piece of our common humanity. We can see I'm not the only one dealing with this problem. Common humanity allows us to feel more connected as we see my struggles are similar to others, or I can identify with other people struggling. Then we don't cut ourselves off from sharing our struggles, opening up about our vulnerabilities, which can lead us to being able to support and lift one another. It isn't fun to think that we're all alone in our trials. On a simple level, I could find out places to buy cute wide calf boots if I shared with someone that I needed that. But on more important levels, seeing that lots of people deal with debt or manage their money in a variety of ways reduces the heavy weight that we might think, oh, everyone else is perfect or doesn't have this problem. We don't make it mean anything bad about us. We find compassion, maybe for the reasons we had to spend the money, and we don't feel alone in what we're experiencing. It's easy to feel alone in the parenting struggles, especially with teenagers. Last week, I shared with a close friend how my daughter had tucked a less than nice note into my bag for a trip I was going on. My friend, who has lots of daughters, let me know how totally normal this was and that I was right on track. Seeing that my experiences are part of the parenting humanity, I can realize in some ways I have it easier and in some ways harder. I can find the compassion for myself and talk to myself in ways that build up my confidence and positive thought bank. I think there's nothing lonelier in the world than thinking that we're all alone, that no one else has dealt with our problems, that no one understands. Rather, seeing our struggles and weaknesses as something that makes us more like other people can be incredibly liberating. Owning the fact that we aren't perfect, and actually no one else is either, is kind of a beautiful place to be. Again, it isn't elevating ourselves above others or thinking we're better. It's just finding a way to process and be kind to ourselves. These practices can literally change our brain chemistry and the hormones in our bodies, we can relax more and feel more emotions. So I want to give you several practices that you can do to increase the positive thoughts and compassion you can have for yourself. These are tools I want you to actually do pen to paper or say out loud. And I think you'll be surprised how quickly you can at first just quiet the negative thoughts in your head and then Access acceptance and confidence and love for yourself. First, write down three lists. A list of qualities that you really like about yourself or things that make you awesome. Then a list of qualities you think are just kind of average. Then the third list are the things that you think about yourself that are below average or less than others. Okay, so three lists. The first one, where are you super awesome? Second, where are you just kind of average? And third, where do you think you are below average? Now look at these lists and tell yourself, you're enjoying the human experience, which means you'll have the full spectrum of qualities and characteristics. We all can't be amazing at tennis, and we all can't be terrible at gardening, which is me. All of these things make you you, and that is beautiful. Next, I want you to think of a time when you failed or did something wrong or less than you would have liked. 
What's the meanest thing that you say to yourself in those situations? If your mind had a ticker tape, like at the bottom, what thought streams through more than any other? Is it, oh, you're fat and useless, or no one loves you, or I don't belong here? What is it? Try to identify the worst thing you say, then see it. Don't judge it. But this is the thought you need to start questioning and rewriting. Right now, you really believe that thought. You've thought it for such a long time. You've built up a file folder the size of a library with evidence that it's true. Now that you see this ticker tape thought, watch it when it comes up and say, oh, that isn't true. You are the only one that sees this thought and you are the only one that can change it. I'll tell you, the worst thing I used to tell myself is I'm not good enough. Whatever it is, even as a friend or whatever, I'm not good enough. Everyone else is better. Oh my gosh, yikes, very negative. I've worked very hard to write over that ticker tape. I now tell myself I'm always enough. I have been enough, even with mistakes. Now I tell myself I'm complete. Every day was complete. Again, mistakes and all. Now think of your most recent struggle or fail or when you felt very less than. Look at the entire situation. Now picture your BFF, who knows all of your good and all of your bad, talking to you and writing a letter. Let's go back to you being passed up for a job or promotion that you wanted. What will your BFF say to you? Write it down, then read it to yourself. Now think of a parenting scenario. What does your BFF want you to see about where you are as a mother? How does she talk to you? How does she frame your shortcomings? I bet she sees your strengths far outweighing the bad. In fact, she probably sees that you're farther ahead than you think. She sees the bigger picture and she sees how you're like every other person, either trying to get a good job or trying to parent teenagers or wanting to get maybe back dating after a divorce or trying to deal with debt. Start talking to yourself the way your best friend would talk to you. This is where real compassion will flow into your life. Real love, real acceptance. If you need to kickstart this process, actually ask a friend to write you a letter. Ask a friend who likes you and sees the good. Use her words until you can get words and thoughts that feel real and authentic to you. Say them out loud. I've learned so much from Shauna Shapiro in her book, Good Morning, I Love You, and her TED Talk about self-compassion. Every day, tell yourself good morning out loud. Tell yourself that you love yourself. For most of us, at our most basic level, we want to belong. We want to feel worthy to be here on earth, to be in our families, to be anywhere. Many people do not feel worthy. I'm here to tell you, your worth was set at birth. Nothing changes it. Your weaknesses and challenges and unique qualities including mistakes, are part of your worth. They make you human. They actually make you lovable. At the end of the day, we become what we tell ourselves we are. As I teach you using the self-coaching model, what you think creates a feeling inside you which fuels you to act in a certain way. When you think you're inferior to others or worthless or a loser, you'll create emotions of worthlessness and rejection and so forth. Actions from negative self-talk are very different than actions than come from us thinking, I'm doing my best. I'm enough. 
I can try again tomorrow, which creates emotions of peace and calm, which fuel actions of kind self-talk and acceptance and willingness to try again tomorrow. My favorite thoughts to bring me back to my center are, I am enough. I am worthy. I am doing my best. They help me get grounded when the emotions of a situation, maybe me not handling something well or the emotions of a negative thought spiral, whatever it is, those thoughts bring me back to my humanity and my purpose. Then I can calmly and rationally deal with myself and create intention on how I want to think and act. Now, I hope this has been helpful. I work with all my clients on changing the negative self-talk and finding this compassion. Everyone deals with this challenge, really. It is part of our common humanity. The work of loving ourselves is a beautiful work, and it allows us to love others so much more. Kindness and love feel so much better than judgment and shame. So let February be the month you work on being kind to yourself. And I think you'll find you're saying I love you to a lot more people. So make sure you're subscribing to Hi, This is Heidi to make sure that every new podcast is available on Wednesday. It should be available in every podcast player, not just iTunes. This past week, I had someone reach out to tell me almost every single day that they had listened and had been really motivated or touched by an episode. I'm so grateful. A close friend told me how motivated and inspired she was picturing her future self. I told her that I'm probably more excited for my future than I've ever been, and I've always had a pretty good life that I love. But there's something exciting and full of spark and fuel when I know I have the power to create what I want. It's going to be fun to see how I can use the tools to help as many people as possible. I hope you are daily pondering what your gifts are and how you can shine as bright as possible. Someone's waiting for you, I promise. See you next week.